Hello and welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. I am Jamie Finch-Penninger and do we have a humdinger of a stage for you today? It was a superb stage out there in the women's uh, Santos Tour Down Under and uh, yeah, I mean, I can't wait to get to get to it and tell you all about it. Um, first of all, we'll go to where we started off, which was the Bend Motorsport Park in Tail and Bend, um, which is quite a way out of Adelaide, actually. Um, about, oh, I think it was 80Ks out of Adelaide uh, that we ended up travelling. And it's quite a sight because it's just essentially plonked in the middle of a, a wide expanse of flats and plains there. And there's not much to see around there except, you know, dust, a bit of scrub, and now this massive hangar, the, those sort of weird hangars that they have at all of the F1 events, those massive uh, things with a massive ceiling, a lot of space, a lot of open space around it, and quite a modern installation as well. So it was quite a strange side in a lot of ways, and w- once we got into the start, it was quite amazing because there was wind being whipped whipped up from everywhere dust and sand being carried um on the wind into the rider's eyes and i'd encourage you to go back and have a look at some of the pictures on twitter that um, people were taking at the start line because it was it was as a lot of people described a bit like uh, the middle east or qatar um in fact you'll hear lauren kitchen saying that in a bit um so first of all we chatted with lauren kitchen from uni sa turned out to be an important stage for uni sa but we shall get to that later first of all is lauren kitchen of course, the Breakdown Podcast is sponsored, as always, by Adelaide Rat Race Cycling Apparel, who make great fitting pro-level cycling kit made with coffee. It's eco-friendly, and five trees are planted with the purchase of every garment. So make sure you check them out on www.com.au. Okay, here with uh, Lauren Kitchen at the start of Stage 3 of the Santos Women's Tour. Um, Lauren, it's a bit like uh, the Middle East or something at the moment. Uh, dust blowing in our faces. Um, how do you see this stage pl- uh, playing out? Uh, yeah, it definitely feels like Qatar here. I think a lot of the Euros are probably a bit confused as to where we are right now, but I'm also a bit confused. Um, so I think uh, there's a lot of wind today. Uh, it's going to be interesting in the first section of the race. I think we'll get a bit of crosswind to start with, but then we are then we'll turn into a headwind for a big section of the race. Uh, so I'm not sure how the first bit will play out, but that'll probably it probably will come back. Um, I mean, we're defending, so it's not up to us. Uh, and then, of course, in the back end, it'll be interesting with a few climbs and a bit of wind. Yeah, I mean, it goes. It's a race two halves essentially. I mean, it's the first section which is a bit more open, and then goes into the hills. Um, then there's that final like three or four k's or so with those two climbs there at the end. Um, what, I mean, what are your plans for defending the jersey coming to there? Well, as we saw yesterday, Kat's the strongest climber here and she can look after herself uphill. Um, but I think it's just about getting to that section as fresh as possible and getting through the wind without too many major hiccups. Um, and I think uh, we've really bonded super well as a team and I think that's our biggest strength. And um, I think a lot of other teams didn't quite expect that with the calibre of riders we've put together for UniSA. Uh, but we are racing really well together and we're just feeding off each other. So we can't wait to defend today. It must be nice to race in Australia with a, with a natural team beside you. I mean, um, a bit different from the past. And you get to stick it to the Mitchell and Scott girls a bit? Yeah, it's definitely unreal. Yeah, that's definitely a motivator, of course. We love we love a great duel. So at the moment, we've got a great duel between UniSA Australia and Michelin and hopefully we can come out on top. Okay, now we'll go through the action. 
action of the day, and there was plenty of it, so bear with me if I get if I do get a bit lost here, but it did start out from Tail and Bend and the Bend Motorsport Park, and it was really um, on from the gun there because it went almost straight into a crosswind section for the first 20 kilometres or so, and we saw a lot of riders um, really struggling and Quite a few riders had gone off the front. There was a group of about 30, um, led by Mitchell and Scott and UniSA, who were really pushing the pace at the front. But then uh, once they turned into a headwind and more went towards uh, Murray Bridge, which was the next town on the map, um, it, that brought everything back together and nullified any attack. So after that initial action was over, there was a very sedate pace for the next, uh, well, 40Ks or so, um, because what ended up happening was that I mean, there was a headwind, and nobody wanted to go out and attack into it. So we saw the peloton kind of meander along. A lot of riders uh, came back to the back of the peloton, and we saw things continue mostly under the um, stern gaze of UniSA shutting down any attempted moves. That uh, lasted until Linda Vidalmson from Team Virtue, um, of course a former time trial champion of the world and New Zealander of note, uh, went off on the attack, and she rapidly built out a gap. I mean, it went from one minute to two minutes, and then suddenly it was five, over five minutes advantage at one stage. At that point, UNSA decided to uh, get on the front and do a bit more work, because um, Willemson was only a minute down um, on Captain Garfoot's GC. So they decided, OK, well, we need to start bringing that back, and apparently that's when they decided to push the pace, uh, sending a few attacks off the front as well. And that is when the race split to pieces again. About this stage as well, I mean, there was just a squall of weather going through. So there were sheets of rain being blown across the course. A bit of sleet as well, apparently. And it was just horrendous conditions. I mean, they'd gone from the, the deserts and the dry winds to the rain and the, you know, the gusty storms. And then they finally got into the hills where things began to calm down a bit more in terms of the weather. Um, there was still some wind, but... Um, with the vegetation around and more towns and a bit more urban area, they it didn't have quite the same effect as it had previously on the flat. And at that point, with the pace being pushed hard behind to try and get over to Linda Willemson, it was Amanda Spratt who went on the attack and uh, caught everyone out, actually. And by the time they had got through Nairn, um, she and Lauren Stevens from Silence Pro Cycling had caught up with Willemson and were you know, working together as a trio to get th get through to the finish. It's hard to know exactly where Spratt went, but I'm guessing with about 50Ks remaining in the race. UniSA were quite depleted um, at that stage, and we saw a lot of Loretta Hansen on the front doing as much work as she could. She did a superb ride by the look of things. Other riders from UniSA as well just putting in as much work as they could to defend the leader's jersey of Catherine Garfoot there. Coming through Harndorf, there was about a two-minute lead to Amanda Spratt and Lawrence Stevens, who, and they had by that stage dropped um, Linda Willemson, who was heading on her way back to the peloton, and that was about with uh, 25 kilometres remaining. UniSA was still chasing hard as they went through Harndorf. Um, again, Loretta Hansen still on the front driving it. Um, then when they got into... It's it's funny because it was actually, they were actually quite close to the finish as the crows flies, but they still had about a twenty kilometre loop left to do, and at about fifteen k's to go, Grace Brown decided that um, the pace was off in the peloton and uh, she could attack, and that's exactly what she did, and she uh, sprang out to quite a noticeable gap quickly, taking up to a minute on the peloton at one stage and only a minute back from Bratt and Stevens up the road when they were heading into the final QOM. The final QOM, um, now that we've been brought into it, came with... 
just 2.5 kilometres remaining on the stage. So um, Stevens and Spratt went up that and Brown went up after them and then it was just all into the finish from there. Um, there was a, a very interesting little kick up to the line there at the finish, about 400 metres, and it was almost straight up. Um, Spratt called it a wall after, after the stage and that's almost exactly what it was. Um, really really intense finish to a bike race and it's great to see um, the crowds lining that road there and getting behind the riders because that was um, a special experience and not one that you see often outside the big the big men's races um, in the world tour so that was exciting and we saw Amanda Spratt and Lauren Stevens coming into the finish line going head to head and in the end it was Amanda Spratt taking out the win there um, just accelerating away with about 150 metres to go and leaving Lauren Stevens behind to collect second place. I mean, a great ride by Stevens, and we'll hear from her in a second, but Spratt, uh, with that win, cured the win on the stage and pretty much has wrapped up Oka now for uh, tomorrow's stage. I mean, she'd, something would need to go pretty badly wrong for her to lose her grip on Oka tomorrow. So congratulations to Amanda Spratt and Mitchell and Scott, and you'll hear some interviews from them now, um, basically going through the stage and describing their experiences, because it, it was a really impressive stage for a lot of people. So first up, we shall have Grace Brown from Holden Team Gusto, then we shall have Lawrence Stevens from Silence, and Amanda Spratt will be last from Mitchell and Scott, of course. Um, it's only a week since uh, Nationals as well, where you're also on the podium. Bit of a dream week for you, really? Yeah, it's um, yeah, jam-packed with results this week, so uh, yeah, I don't know where it goes from here, but it's exciting. After having a fairly tough run as a team um, and losing some riders early to be able to pull off this result. Yeah, it's, um, it's been a really tough week for our team. Like uh, a few of the girls crashed out in the first stage and had to withdraw. Um, and by the end of the stage today, we only had. Um, so I was basically on my own um, for a lot of the race, which um, I just yeah I just had to look after myself, um, and that paid off. A fourth, a third, and a third. Um against very good opposition I mean are you looking for to convert that into something bigger is that the ultimate goal yeah third uh obviously a win will be will be good in the future so we'll keep driving towards that wasn't so much about that it's more about uh, moving on to like a world world tour team or a bigger team in the future <laughs> not insulting you getting third I mean third's amazing um yeah definitely uh looking out on what's on offer and um yeah we'll see see what comes up Uh, Lauren, uh, uh, it's been a great start for the year for you. I mean, you've come here with some really good climbing form, it looks like. Yeah, this is my first tour down under, and uh, my first race was silence. So, so far, it's been very exciting and uh, enjoyable. Uh, tell us how it played out there today um, on the road. It looked like it was like four, four seasons in one day out there. Oh, the weather was insane. Like, I had no idea to expect this in Australia in the summertime. <laughs> um, yeah, so we had crosswinds, we had rain, uh, we had sleet. It was um, definitely four seasons in one day. So just take us through the race then. I mean, it started out with those crosswinds and the dust blowing around on the motor course there. Um, yeah, in the very beginning there was the crosswinds and the, the group split into quite a few groups and I was actually in the second group, um, but then we turned into a headwind for 40 kilometers. Um, so it was quite some time uh, for the whole group to come back together. Um, but then again, um, 
it got a little bit of crosswinds and uh, Linda Willemson attacks uh, in solo and she was up the road with uh, over five minutes um, and then um, the groups made a few splits again and Amanda attacked and I followed and then her and I um, rode across to Linda and then we worked the three of us together for a while but then Linda had been out there for quite some time so um, we lost her in the last uh, 20k. Uh, were you looking to cover like a lot of moves or was it particularly Sprat that you were watching for those moves? Um, yeah I mean was really focused on, on Sprat today. Um, my form, I feel coming from America, uh, is not quite on the same um, as the Aussies, so I have to kind of lay a little low and pick my battles. And it, it looked like Amanda was doing quite a bit of work out there in the break. I mean, she had the most to gain, but uh, were you cooperating with that as well? Yeah, she definitely had the most to gain, but I was cooperating quite a bit with her and we worked uh, well together. And uh, coming into the final there, I mean, there's that climb with a few k's to go and then that final wall, I mean, just to describe the dynamics of that. Yeah, the wall was uh, quite a bit steeper than I uh, anticipated. I actually came out and saw it this morning, um, but riding it, it was uh, much, much steeper. Their end of the business for you today. Uh, the team were amazing. Uh, we started off, it was really windy. Uh, we could see the sand moving across the course out at the motorsport. We knew it was going to be a hectic start, and, and it was. We put it in the gutter straight away, and the first hour was pretty painful in that respect. And, uh, and the main aim today was to, I guess, isolate, be a little bit mean to Kat Garfoot. We knew she was a quality bike rider, and we really wanted to use our numbers. And, yeah, the team were amazing. They We had Anamik and Lucy, our big two GC riders as well. They were up in a break, and that really forced Kat to move. And... I was just sitting pretty on her wheel watching her chase and as soon as we caught that group I was able to attack off that. I tell you what, Linda Williamson launched out with an attack very early on the bike race and I think she got out to well over five minutes at one stage there. Were you or the team worried at that stage at all? I must admit I was a little bit stressed. Thankfully I have uh, one of the most experienced bike riders, Annemiek Van Vluten, as a teammate and she... Um, <laughs> We had a few words and she actually really calmed me down and she made the call that, you know, look, it's not our job. We let UniSA panic more than we should and uh, lucky I could uh, trust her and it, it all unfolded really well. Fantastic. Silence came forward, joined you up the front of the bike race. Three riders got together and they put the pressure on. What happened after that? Yeah, that's right. I had Lauren Stevens along for company and she was working really well with me. Um, she's a class bike rider. I've had a few battles with her in Europe on similar sort of terrain to this actually, so I know that she's a really strong rider. Uh, we got across to Linda, but she was pretty tired from her big effort all day and after that it was just Lauren and I. Um, she started sitting on with about five or six kilometres to go, so I was just trying to still keep the pressure on but save a little bit because I did know how brutal that final climb was and I wanted to have something... <laughs> A little bit left to try and grovel my way up there but it's probably the most actually i'm confident it is the most painful 500 meters of my life <laughs> the second hill climb finish in the tour's history an impressive effort to come up there let's talk through the crowd support now you turn that left hand corner you were hard on the gas into that climb there are a few people up on the hill to cheer for you what do you think about the crowd support this year Oh, it's amazing. Um, so many times I heard people yelling, go Spratty or go Mitchelton Scott. Um, I just think the crowd here is just getting bigger and bigger each year. And I think the race is getting more professional. It's a 2.1 tour now. I think it's not far away from becoming a world tour race either. It's so professional and, and the crowd are really, really getting behind it. And that's really important for us. We really appreciate that. And I tell you what, I think it was the crowd that got me up that final climb. Um, I was just 
when is that finish line coming? And I could hear the crowd and uh, I got there just, I think. Amanda Spratt, thank you so much for talking with us on the stage. Ladies and gentlemen, please congratulate our tour leader, Amanda Spratt, Queen of the Mountain. So we'll end up the the podcast now. Stage four is just the criterium around Adelaide there. I mean, the same course as the People's Classic, which is contested by the men. So uh, make sure you come out if you're in Adelaide or um, tune in to find out exactly what's going on in the in the final stage of the Santos Women's Tour. It seems almost certain that Spratt will take out the, the win and I doubt anything will change too much on GC. Let's have a look at the sprinters who have their last chance at taking a win in this final stage of the Santos Women's Tour Down Under. Okay, the sprinters, and obviously Annette Edmondson, will go in as the hometown hero and uh, sentimental favourite for a lot of people there. Um, she was struggling out the back at one stage of uh, the race, so she'll be interesting to see if she's got the ability to you know, get up again and go for the win. Maybe the uh, few stages of racing have tied her out, but then again, she won on a lot harder stage um, than the 46-kilometre crit they're going to be doing tomorrow. So, yeah, she's definitely going to be up there. Chloe Hosking is a name that we always know is going to be there as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see exactly how much um, she wants to go for the win here. I mean, uh, she told me that she's not particularly aiming for this part of the season, but because the team's down here, she'll um, give it her all to go for the win. So Chloe's, of course, a name we should be watching. Um, Holden have unfortunately lost, bo- lost both of their sprinters um, now. I mean, Beck Wysak and Kimberly Wells are both out, so... Um, I don't know if they've got any uh, cards left in left in the deck to throw at this one. Uh, Ashley Ankunov has been keeping herself uh, quite quiet, actually. Um, she's looked she looked in good form. I mean, every time I've seen her, she's seen perky and um, you know ready to race, but it hasn't quite worked out yet. So I'm sure Specialized will want to get her up for the win. Julia Munier Sparotta uh, from B B Pink is a very interesting rider, actually. Um, she won the Guangxi Challenge um, at the end of last year, and she's taken a number of high placings recently. So I think that Italian squad will be looking to show that um, Sparato can race with the best best of them. And a 46k crit, I mean, this early in the season, I mean, that's not going to be a problem for her. So yeah, I think she's I think she's got a lot of speed in her. So I think she could be fighting out for the win. Uh, Emily Moberg from Team Virtue and. Yep, she was up there in the first stage, came fifth, I think. A bit better positioning here, and um, no reason why she can't take a win. Uh, Georgia Bronzini, of course, two-time world champion. Um, she's going to be somewhere around, and Silence actually have a very good lead-out team for her uh, so far, so interesting to see how they gel together. I don't know who to go for for the win. Um, I'm going to pick an outsider here um, and go Sparotta. Yeah, I think she... She's looked incredibly fast the few times I've seen her, and um, I don't think that even even this early in the season that 46Ks will be too too hard for her, so uh, keep an eye out for her. Um, if you want to pick a real dark horse, though, go for Georgia Whitehouse, who is an amazing talent on the local scene. I mean, we saw her last year in races like uh, Two of King Valley and uh, Battle Recharge, where... Um, at times, it seems like she would just explode the peloton with her immense power and strength. Um, she's still got a hell of a lot to learn, um, but I think on a 46k crit uh, on nice wide roads, she's going to be better placed than she was in the stage one, um, where you know it was a lot longer and it was a lot more about positioning coming into that final 
final bend there. So we'll have a look at Georgia Whitehouse and hopefully she can go great and impress some people on the world tour. Apart from that, it's time to wrap up, I think. Of course, the Breakdown Podcast is sponsored, as always, by Out of the Rat Race Cycling Apparel, who make great fitting pro-level cycling kit made with coffee. It's eco-friendly and five trees are planted with the purchase of every garment. So make sure you check them out on www.com.au.